Alberto. Thank you, Jesus. Now, uh, before everything else, uh, God touched me with something very specific. And uh, I will take the risk risk to share this only because uh, I believe it is from Him, definitely. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, it's not going to be my my sermon, just a prophetic release of a breakthrough in your life or something which God's going to do in the next week. Now, during after that prayer we had here, the call we had, God spoke to my heart. So he will add something to you. Listen to this. Um, there is a story in the New Testament of Jesus healing a blind man by making dirt, uh, I mean uh, spitting on the dirt and making clay, applying the clay on his eyes, and then sending the guy to wash his eyes at a specific well. Now, this is the thing. Those things were always present and cheap and free. Always before this guy. He just didn't know that, of course, it was Jesus behind the things. But he was using these things. Now, listen, God spoke to me and he said, My children are blocking my power. This is powerful. Why? Because they... Even expecting the supernatural, something great, a great miracle, sometimes can block the power of God to bring a release on you. Because sometimes He just decides to do something simple, something cheap, something which has been always right before your eyes. Things which have surrounded you. And if you expect God to do only something which is beyond your natural realm, you're blocking him and you're guiding him how he is supposed to heal you, to bring money, breakthrough, financial freedom, blessings, whatever. We are not supposed to guide him how or to expect how he's going to make it. We have to ask, just do something. Save me, Lord. The way is yours. It's not mine. The remedy is from you. It's not from me. So, just just don't expect only from the unseen, unknown, and from the supernatural things present around us. God can appoint them to heal us. I mean, if you only expect miracle, how about God just telling you, Hey, you have to be on a diet. Just use some lemon juice with water or whatever. You know, I don't, don't, it's no formulas, you know. It just, don't expect only one way God to move. He can just spit on, on the, the ground and make some dirt and apply to you that which is from the earth level, from the earthly realm around you. This well has been known for years, but nobody has been healed by that well. But now the guy receives healing just because Jesus wants to use clay and the water from that well. Yeah, that's good. We won't block him. Because, listen, there was another story in the, in the Old Testament. Uh, I mean, are you ready for whatever he wants? Come on. You know, you remember Neiman, the, the, the leper? He yeah. came. He came in Israel. He came to Israel. To, to the prophet Elisha, expecting what? To be blessed, healed, and, and just 
free, made free from uh, uh, leprosy. But there was something wrong in his expectation and his understanding. He was already preparing and arranging the way it's going to happen to him. He expected that the guy, and that was his explanation, his confession. He expected that the guy will come out, will greet him, will bow down, will do some specific supernatural manifestations, things on, on him, releasing power and everything like this. And Elisha is offering to him the most uh, uh, undignified, yeah. you know, uh, remedy, just go and uh, dip yourself seven times in our river, in our uh, stream. And the guy goes like, do what? <laughs> Come on. Have you seen, have you seen my, my, my hot tub? My hot tub, you know. Have you seen, have you seen my, my bathroom? It's <laughs> the most expensive in the country. You know, it's precious stones and uh, all kind of, uh, you know, perfumes and aroma. I can dip in the, uh, even our rivers are greater than yours. Don't block the power of God. Just open your heart, open your life, open yourself, pray to Him, save me, uh, uh, make me free, bless me Lord, do something, but let it be your way. I'm not going to guide you and tell you what what you have to do and what's the way you're going to bring that blessing. I have received tremendous healings and blessings in my life, but I'm not going to share that because you make it a formula, you know. No, no, no. But God gave me that, that information. God gave me. God opened this door. So I entered and found my blessing there. Don't expect only from this. Of course, we believe that most of all, God is doing supernatural things, releasing them from the, the heavenly realm, you know, pouring out on us. But how about using some clay, some dirt? This guy was every day in the dirt, sitting. And he didn't realize that there is something coming from that sphere, blessing him. Just receive that this morning. God's going to do something. Open the way, open the doors for, for him to do something new. Okay? Wanna, yeah, praise God. So, I want to share the word from 2 Kings chapter 6. It's an awesome story. I saw uh, many things in it. Almost every verse is jammed with uh, spiritual information. So, I want to bless you with that story because it is a principal thing. And I want to start from verse 1, 2 Kings Chapter 6, verse 1. And the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, Behold now, the place where we live with you is too small for us. Please let us go to Jordan and let each man take a beam from there and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go. You know, the, 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 the first part of the second kings is filled with signs, wonders, and miracles Elisha used to perform. You know, he had a double portion of what Elijah had. And he was a, a, a blesser. He was a prophet. He was a spiritual father. He was a spiritual leader. And a, 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 just a, a, a tremendous 
uh, a blessing for the nation of Israel. And he had this school of the prophets, you know. He was the master. He was the school teacher, you know, teaching them and guiding them how to respond to the anointing, how to respond uh, uh, to the power of God, how to prophesy and declare the things of the Lord at that time. But what I like about the beginning of this story is that, you know, I like places like this where not everything is coming from the so-called head of the body, you know, because, of course, Jesus is the head of the body of Christ, but usually the pastor is the leader, and every idea, every inspiration, every blessing, everything is coming out of him. But listen, in this story we see that Elisha is the supreme head of the school you know, he's the principal, the spiritual principal. But the idea came out of the midst. One of the students realized and got imparted in him that special inspiration that this is an opportunity for increase and just, just doing more and enlarge, enlarging the place. And it's a creativity from the Lord imparted in the body. And of course, God's going to bless us through Jesus. And Jesus is the head of the church. And every provision and everything comes from Him. But He's going to impart that ideas, these inspirations and new things in your heart. And God expects that one day you will realize that this is a new opportunity. God will Open your eyes and you will see that there is a new opportunity right beside you. And He will inspire you to take step forward to ask of Him just for this increase and enlargement. That's why we we have put new chairs here. Because God has put something in our eyes. Isn't that awesome? He has inspired us and we realize that there is more. And we can do more and we can reach out for more. Praise God. But the next thing which I see, which is very interesting, you know, uh, he blessed them. And he said, oh, that's a good idea. I'm glad, I'm glad you, you, you saw this. Yes, we can do this. Why, why be narrowed? Why be, why be limited? Go and do what you have desired. But now listen what the Bible says. This is very important. But one of them said, be content, please. Would you, would you please come with your servants? And he answered them, no, Okay, I will go, I will come. That's a good idea too. And I, I thought, wait a minute. They received the blessing. They received the permission. He sent them already. Why not just go and do the things? I don't expect Elisha to cut beams. I don't expect him to carry. He was an old man. You know, he was the teacher. He was the master. I don't expect him to be involved in any kind of activities. But someone who was very spiritual and wise said, Well, I don't think we would, we would go without you. Please, would you like to come with us? Just stay beside us because I think we need your presence. Isn't that beautiful? God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing possible. God has sent us. Go to the world, world, preach the gospel, you know, do baptism and all these things. And even in our life, 
we expect God to send us and to bless us for some tasks and for some areas, you know. But there has to be something more in our hearts. Don't go just with the blessing. Don't go just with the permission. It's not enough. He has to be involved and He has to come also beside you. You know, the Bible says we prayed for, 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 for these people which came. And we had one and the same word. That, that, that's why I, I didn't like to, I didn't want to, to, to add anything. Because I, I had the same word. There is nothing impossible for those who are beside the Lord. Who are with Him. Nothing is impossible. Why? Because He is with them. He will prepare the way. He will support them. That's awesome. So there has to be always something more in our life. Just permission or, or just a blessing. We need to ask, may your presence come with us. I always pray before going for preaching, teaching, or, or blessing the body of Christ, or serving, or ministering. I always ask, please, Holy Spirit, come with me, support me, be beside me, guide me. Being dependent more on Him than on my intellectual power, if I have some, you know, or my knowledge, or whatever. Yes, the body of Christ is not supposed to be so much intellectual. But to be filled with the support of his supernatural power, you know, helping them beside. Moses said once, you know, if your presence is not coming, you know, on the way to the promised land, God got upset with the Israelites, with their murmuring and their behavior. So he said, he, he, he called Moses, he was the leader, and he said, listen, you bring these people to the promised land. Because uh, I am afraid that my, my, my anger can be kindled, you know, at one point and just to wipe him away. So you bring him to the promised land. I will bless you. Uh, I will send my angel with you. He will protect you and do whatever is required. And when you get there, just give me a call. I will come and I will tell you what is next. Wow. For me would be a great opportunity to show myself like a great leader. I brought these people. I lead us. Now I am in charge. Oh, I will show you now who, who, who is the guy. No, no. didn't work like that. Moses said, scratching his head, Well, Lord, okay, I, I appreciate that. I know your sovereign will. I recognize it. But he bowed down and he said, Please, I have a plea. Uh, uh, would, you, would you please come with us? Because... I don't want to oppose your will, but listen, if your presence is not coming with us, don't, please, don't let us out of this place. We don't want to make even one step further without your presence. That's what I, 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 I like. Yeah, 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 we don't need the promised land so much, but we need you. <laughs> we need you. We're desperate for you. And the, the nation of the United States has to be, has to be desperate for yeah. God in that way. Yeah. You have the promises, you have the blessings, you have the knowledge, everything. But most of all, we have to possess that kind of passion and desire for His presence to be beside us. Praise God. Now the story gets very interesting. Elisha and the disciples, the students, went there and they started the process. Okay, but listen what the Bible says. And it happened... 
and he went with them, and they came to Jordan, and they cut down trees. And it happened as one was felling a lock, the axe head fell into the water. And he, he cried and said, Alice, master, for it was barreled. Barreled. And the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and threw it in there and the iron swung. Just like that. No worries. No worries. Where did it fall? Oh, there. Okay. Wait a minute. We need an explanation here. These things are not natural. Okay. So, why? Why that way? Why everything happened like that? It, the, 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 it's a principal thing. There has to be a lesson for us. We have to learn something here. Now, the first thing, the first thing the Bible says, it happened. And you know what? We are blessed. We are sent. God is with us. His presence is beside us. But you know, there is no, there is no insurance which, uh, says that, uh, nothing will happen to us. From time to time, things may happen. Someone can slam your heart, God, uh, car, God forbid, you know. Uh, I was saved once, just two seconds difference, and uh, I just moved into the, the, the next line, and next to me, a black lady slammed the car before her, uh, you know, on the stoplight, the traffic light, just, just like that, two seconds difference. But, you know, I thought I could be there. You know, and sometimes it happens. Something with you, something with your children, something with your relatives, something with your job, whatever, you name it. But you know what? You know, there is an answer. There is something. If He is with us, if you're not insured that these things are not going to happen to you, but you know, God. Is the, the Lord, is the God of the restoration. And I want to proclaim the power of God to restore things. Because what I like about this story, it wasn't that Elisha uh, went like, oh, no problem. Because the guy was desperate, you know. He said, well, I borrowed this thing and the guy gave it to me because he trusted me. Yeah. He believed in me that I'm, I have a good name, I'm a, a man of good report and I will bring it back. And now, how can I go back and say, Oh man, you know, it's not my fault. It's your fault because your tool wasn't fixed enough and it just uh, fell in the water. So what I'm supposed to do is not my fault. The guy, the guy was ashamed, you know. He was disturbed by how he's going to explain everything. And Elisha is there and he is the, the principal of the school. And instead of telling, Hey guys, come here. Now, we have a situation. He needs our help. What we're going to do, we will collect an offering and we will send someone back to the city. He will buy a new one, bring it to the guy, and that's how we will protect the name of the school. No. Not that way. Why not? Because, listen, listen, God is not a God who will exchange things or just uh, replace them. He likes... To restore things because he has the power and he's still loving the former things. It's about you. I mean, every fault, every situation which takes place in our life, God's not going to turn his back on you and say, Okay, then I will find someone else. 
No, He will stay with you and He will do something for you and He is able to bring it back and to restore it in the same glory, in the same power, in the same position which used to be. That's why I like this story because when Adam and Eve did all these falling things, you know, in the Garden of Eden and hide themselves, God didn't turn His back and said, I will replace you. We will do another, another family, another humankind which is going to be upgraded. Now I know how to upgrade it so it won't touch that tree anymore. It's not like a car, you know, recalling for the brakes or for uh, the, the, the air condition, whatever. And the next version, the all new Cadillac of 2011 has nothing common with the old one. God is not replacing things. He is restoring them, putting and releasing His power in them so they can function and operate the way He likes it. There is a great story in the Old Testament about the potter and, uh, and the vessel which is in his hands. And God said to Jeremiah, did you see that? Aren't you... Like, uh, are you not like this vessel in my hand? I can do it anew. I can do it, I can splash water on it and form it and make it anew. Even it wasn't able to be formed in what God expected. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, so, listen. Instead of what I say, like getting an offering or whatever, Elisha said, well, we will restore and we will bring back this thing. Now, but how he's going to make it. At, at least ten ways to bring it back. Okay? Declaration, proclamation, you know, uh, ordering, commanding, uh, uh, throwing a stone. Uh, whatever. But the way he does it, it's, it's just amazing. The first thing he requires, this is a requirement. The first thing he asks is, show me the place. Bring me to the place where it was lost. I love this. Why? Because if you can't take God to your situation and show it to Him, if you don't expect that God is able to bring it back from that place, you won't receive an answer. You won't receive a blessing. You have to have the expectation and the, 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 the expectancy and, and uh, the faith and the trust that what you're going to show Him he won't turn his back, but he will take control and he will release and he will agree with you that what you're going to show him is not going to be impossible for him. And some things, are, they look really bad, you know. And some people are afraid or ashamed to take God and to show him where this thing has been lost. But if you don't trust him for his goodness and mercy... That he, 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 he won't be shocked. He won't be say, that place? Oh no, forget it. He was, it, if it was a little bit further, yes, I, I could do something. This place, right in the middle? No, man, that's, that's beyond my, <laughs> no. Just, 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 just think about this. Bring me to the place. Two examples from the New Testament. One of them is Lazarus. You know, Martha met Jesus outside of the city, the small city. Now, she explains 
to him the situation. And Jesus says, well, I'm here and I'm, I'm going to help you. Okay? And she says, yes, I know you can help me in that area, but in the day which was promised, the day of the resurrection, and Jesus says, you don't get it. I am the fulfillment of that day. I am the substance. I am the realization of that day. So, so you know, if I am here, your day has come. Woo, praise God. And then she said, okay, okay. And she, he stirred up the, the expectancy and, and faith and hope in her. So they entered, they entered in the city. And now Jesus said, now this is what we're going to do. Take me to the place and show me. That, that's exactly what he says. Take me there and show me. He's asking, show me where you have laid him. And they go to the place. But still this kind of a timid spirit in them. Yet. Because now Jesus is at the place. But the picture is not whole yet. Because Jesus said, show me, show me. Which, which tomb? It was a graveyard. And they said, that tomb. Oh, okay, great. So, so what, what do you expect from me? Take away the stone. Roll, roll away the stone. And they said, oh no Lord. Oh no, we are not ready for that. And you are not ready. Why? Because you don't know what is inside. It is a mess. You expect God to help and to bless you without rolling away the blockage which is hiding the mess. It's not going to work like that. You have to open that situation and ask and see. You see? It is a devastation. Please calm down in that stinky ugly place, do something, be involved, be part of it, then we will have an answer. If you are not ready for this, if you think that God's going to be uh, 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 just uh, uh, some things uh, so much disturbing or disgusting, yeah, disgusting, disgusting, that if you think that God's going to be disgusted of what you have, you, you won't receive the blessing. No, he's not that kind of a person. Roll away and then he says, Lazarus, now you come out. And do you remember another story? Shortly, briefly to, to, to mention this. This is a story of a guy who was a mess and who was devastated. He was robbed, he was beaten, you know, robbed and, and, and thrown in the trench. On the way to Jericho, of, uh, on the way to Jerusalem from Jericho, I, I'm not sure what, but that that way, that that highway, and 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 then the Bible says, and now a priest is coming to that place, you know, and the priest has to be a picture of God's grace, of God's mercy, and uh, mediator between God's grace and love and and people. But now the Bible says, when the priest saw. The situation in the place. He turned his back and went on the other side. Woo, how about that? Now, a Levite is coming. And the guy cries, Someone, help me. Water, I'm dying. Please. Because he heard the sound. And when the guy saw, the Bible says, he, he, he didn't go to that place. He turned his back to you, went on the other side. And now another person is coming. Guess who? 
it represents another person who is called the Good Samaritan. Someone who is despised. It, is, it was Jesus, you know. It was Jesus carrying that image on him because all the powers, religious authority despised him, you know. And now he's coming to that place and the Bible says, but he didn't turn his way. He came to the place exactly where the guy was laying. And he bandaged his wounds, poured out wine and uh, oil on them, and took him on his donkey and uh, put him in the best inn, you know, paid the price to, to be taken care of him. And he said, you see, I'm able, I would like, and I will do it to come to your place, to your situation. And I'm not afraid of what I'm going to see, you know, and how intimidated I, I, I'm going to... Uh, be, you know, I will pour out on your wounds, open sufferings, you know, I, I have something to pour out and to apply, so, and we'll cover this and bandage it. That's awesome. And now, Elisha saw the place, and he was not afraid. And he said, we will bring, we will find a way to bring this thing back. Now, like I said, at least ten ways to bring the iron back if he has the power and if he has the answer. But what he does is kind of significant because everything in the Bible is written with a purpose. To lead us to Jesus so we may boast, we may glory, and we may give glory to Jesus. Now, the guy... Uh, so the place now the iron is fallen and he said well okay I got the answer I got the remedy so he goes back and finds a, a stick but actually it was a branch he cut it he, he, he not cut it he cut that branch that stick from a tree right which means it was connected with the tree could be branch small branch or could be a small root you know uh, between the ground and in and, and, and the tree. And he found that small piece of tree, cut off that piece, and then he goes back to the place and throw this stick right above where the iron fell. And I was thinking, wow, what a beautiful picture of Jesus. His life being given for us, you know. You know the Bible calls Jesus the branch? Do you know that the, the Bible calls Jesus also the root of Jesse? Right. And he is the branch, he is the root, but you know, his life was taken away on the cross, given like a sacrifice for us. And this branch represents Jesus' life and sacrifice and also the wooden cross, which will be applied for every situation, for every ugly, fallen uh, 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 situation in our life so things might be restored and brought back. And only through His sacrifice and only through the price He paid on the cross we can be restored. Restoration is appointed to kiss us and to face us and to bring God's glory on us so we might be used for the purposes of His kingdom back again. Could that stick through it on the surface and you know what the Bible says? Listen. Who? And he cut down a stick and threw it in there and the iron swam. Oh, that's not... <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. We know. We know and we know that the substance like that is not able to float. Yeah. If you 
throw it in that place, it, it, it hits the bottom. <laughs> and then it's buried, buried in the mud, yeah. covered in the mud with stones and mud and things like that. So this is, this is the thing. This is the thing. The first thing is, it is not of you. It's all of him. Yeah. I mean, what was found, like abilities, in the stick, those abilities and the nature of the stick was released to the bottom, to the, that situation, and actually what the iron was able to perform and to do was the same what was found in the stick. And that's what the Bible says about us. It's not about us. It's the new nature. It's the, the nature of Christ released in us, the hope of glory, Christ in you. And now listen, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, that and of Him you are. Who became for you everything. He became your righteousness, your wisdom, redemption, sanctification. He became all in all. So that who boasts in glory, let him glory in God and in the Lord. So you see what was found in the stake was released down and reached down the bottom. And the spirit of God came down on us on the Pentecost, you know, day. And God released that nature of His Son, the Spirit of His Son in us, so we might be found in the same situation, in the same nature, in the same area, changed like that, receive the abilities which were found in His Son. The first one from the resurrected ones. And He released that into us. So now we are taken up. But the Bible says that we are co-resurrected. We have been raised together with Him. What was found in Him? His victory was applied to our lives. And He took that captivity over every human creature, you know, who responded to, 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 with faith and, and trust in Him. And every one of them was able to be brought on the surface of new life and yeah. new beginning. Glory, Jesus. Glory. Glory, Lord. Now, the, the, the other thing which I see, it's not only what was found in the stick to be released, but also it doesn't matter how deep you have fallen. doesn't matter. The only thing ma- which matters who is above you, who is on the top of your life. If you trust Him, you, if you, you hear the cry, Come up here and I will show you what is coming. And you respond to that. You will be found in the spiritual realm of that area. And everything which belongs to Christ belongs to you. Because the Bible says we are partakers of that heavenly inheritance, spiritual inheritance. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm ready, almost ready to close. You know, but... uh, I just want to finish with something. Jesus doesn't need your help, so to say. I mean, you see that the iron is helpless. It took at least 10 minutes until it floated. And everybody realized and knew that this thing, it wasn't of of its abilities or whatever. It was because of the stick. And let me tell you first thing. Before Jesus, no one was able to come up 
and be in relationship with God, you know. And uh, everything was kept under, uh, uh, until Jesus came. Then, after His resurrection and His sacrifice on the cross, we were able to present ourselves, ourselves in new state, in new condition, and being born again and made anew, you know, and to come up in that spiritual realm and sphere. So remember that, that the whole, uh, I mean, Jesus doesn't need your help. It means everything is of Him. Yes. Yes. We trust Him, we re- but it is a response of what He is able to give us and what He's going to uh, release yes. in our lives. Remember that He is the beginning. He is the first. He is the Alpha and the Omega. And He is the altar and the finisher of our faith even. Everything starts with Him. Our new beginning and our beginning is found only in Him. Because the Bible says, With joy you will draw water from the well of salvation. Salvation in Hebrew means Yeshua. Actually the Bible says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of Yeshua. He is the well. He is the well, the new beginning of our life. So it is not what is found in you. Everything. Everything what is found in you belongs to Him. It's the Spirit of His Son. It's the nature of God in us. And we are able to be victorious over our situations because He will take control in our life and in us. want to finish with one verse and we'll close with that. want to go to the uh, uh, epistle of Jude. Yeah, haven't been there for a long time. But listen, it's, a, it's short... But powerful. The last verse of Jude, uh, verse 24, says, Now to him, to him who is able to keep you without stumbling and to set you before his glory without blemish, with unspeakable joy, to the only wise God and our Savior be glory and majesty and might and authority even now and forever. Amen. Even now, in this moment, He is able, church, He is able to keep you without stumbling and to set you before, before what? Before His glory without blemish in joy unspeakable. Trust Him. It is not about you. It is all about Him. Pastor Cameron, thank you so much. God, God is awesome. Thank you, guys. We love you.